Boy, don't get me wrong, sure we're having fun But it don't mean that I'm in love I like you a lot Hello, welcome to the Daisy Dates podcast where I talk all things heartbreak, dating, mindset, breakups, love, finding love, being in love, (laughs) you name it, I talk about it all. I'm Daisy and usually I'm joined in, well, in the studio with a guest. I've decided to do a few episodes on my own. There's just been some stuff I want to chat about and throughout season three I'll do a lot more of this as well but for now this is my first one so I thought I'd ease us all in maybe ease myself in and well I thought I would talk about what I've learned so far from my own podcast so this is episode 18 and if you haven't caught up on all the episodes yet I would love you to and you know this podcast is for absolutely everyone you don't need to be single to listen or benefit from this podcast I find that there's been lots of information, whether you're dating in a relationship, you know, we can constantly learn things, become more open minded and all of that kind of thing. Um, So some of you that do follow me on my Daisy Dates podcast Instagram will probably know that I've recently started dating someone new. And although I'm keeping it relatively private for now because it is going really well and I don't want to jinx anything. And, you know, I just want us to be a little bit further in before I start talking about him a little bit more online but you know what I just wanted to come on here and be honest with things that I've learned through meeting someone new and via my podcast as well. Now this first one might be obvious to you guys if you've been following me for a little while or maybe even if you know me but you've never said it to my face. I think well I have learned I've been a little bit of a commitment phobe over the past few years but completely without realising. Now this isn't anything that I've ever thought about like You know, everyone that follows me on my TikTok probably thinks that I really want a relationship or probably thought that I was going on all these dates to hopefully find a relationship. And let's do the maths, guys, okay? I was going on a lot of dates. Not loads, not anything out of the ordinary, a normal amount of dates. um, But nothing was ever really getting further from than the first, second, third date. Okay, why is that? Well, I truly believe that I hadn't met any good matches for a really long time. And with that, I think I've also learned that I didn't want anyone to be a match either, though. So I reckon I was purposefully, without realising, going for people that probably weren't for me, that it wouldn't last longer than three months with. I don't know why this is, but obviously you've seen me go on dates and people have said, well, how have you not found anyone yet? And, you know, it is a choice when you date. I have to like them too. A lot of these people have liked me and, you know, they've been nice people. I can't say I've ever really experienced a bad date, but I just didn't feel anything with them. But then obviously recently I've been on date with this new person who is now my boyfriend. And I've been trying to figure out, in fact, we've both had an open conversation together, literally sat in bed one night and we were like, what makes us both drawn to each other when we were both? It seemed, after talking about past experiences, quite similar. So we had kind of discussed that maybe we had both been commitment phobes without realising. He too reckoned that perhaps he was going for girls that he knew would only be around for three months, girls that he knew he wouldn't particularly you know, really, really like and be hurt if they walked away after three months. You know, I say three months because that seems to be the marker, right? 
the amount of time that things usually last for and then it so you either decide that it goes further or you walk I think it does you know it's that three month mark isn't it it kind of usually ends there myself I mean I wasn't really getting past three dates usually my decision um let alone three months but I also wasn't choosing people that I would have got over that three month mark with. So why is that? Why, where did this commitment phobe thing come from? And why was I not aware of it? Well, I don't know. I think there's been relationships around me that perhaps I've just thought, you know what? I really don't want this to happen. I don't want to have to go through this breakup again. I don't want to have to experience these emotions again. But I think a big one for me was I've recently realized, and actually this came up in episode 16 with the love coach about, being overly independent. Now she called it something and um, I can't remember right this second what she called it, but it's basically where you're just too, in not too independent actually, but just so independent that no one can really, you're not gonna allow anyone to come in and change or enhance or add anything to your life. I was, and I am that independent, that for whatever reason in my head, I think I was just worried that having a relationship or being with someone, it would mean my independence would get taken away from me. And I really didn't want that. Like for me, my independence is everything, you know, my career, the fact that I can be financially stable on my own, I have completely got my back. Now, I did do a post about this on Instagram and I think this does come from me being quite young. I was 16 years old when I went to dance college, performing arts college in London. And, you know, the deal with my parents was if you get a scholarship, you can go at 16. If you don't, you will have to, you know, come home, work loads and re-audition at 18 and hopefully get a scholarship slash be able to put some money towards it if you don't get a scholarship. I got a scholarship at 16. So obviously my parents were like, you have to go. Like, this is an amazing opportunity. And it was. But during this time when I started college at 16, my dad left my mum. And I don't remember loads of this. Perhaps I've blocked it out a little bit. Uh, it wasn't a nice time. Obviously, my mum was so hurt. And I remember feeling like I wanted to be home all the time to help her. And I had this guilt. She didn't give it to me. It was completely my own guilt of, I'm 16 and I need to be enjoying London and my friends and college and this new amazing freedom and life. But also my mum is heartbroken now on her, her own, really, because most of us had most of us kids had left home. And I think from where I just completely looked after myself because I was like I don't want to put any more stress on my mum so I need to like I got I got a great job and you know well at the time I was 16 but the job that I got was quite well paid for a 16 year old in London and I was like you know as much as I can be financially stable so I'm not asking for money all the time and as much as I can look after myself so to not be any stress or worry to my mum now my parents are both very happy with other partners now. They can literally be in the same room together. They're very amicable. It's great. But for a long time, it wasn't like that. And I do think that m me having to completely be independent made me appreciate the independence a lot, but also think of it as absolutely everything. Like, I've always got me, so even if I can't fall back onto someone and give them, like, you know, pass on anything that I'm going through pass on stress to them I've always got me and I've always looked after myself like that my independence is I think one of my best traits so I think this is where the commitment phobe stemmed from there's probably loads more other aspects as well but when I've actually really thought about it 
I think that's it. Being in a relationship now, because uh, we became boyfriend and girlfriend a few weeks ago by the time this came out, <laughs> um, the biggest thing I'm scared of is, oh my God, my independence. Like, I don't want that gone. And even down to things, you know, like if I'm holding loads of bags, I'm I'm okay. Like, I've lived on my own. I am carrying all these heavy bags. I can put together a chest of drawers on my own. But he's like, let me help you. Let me carry your bags. And it's taken me a while to be like, yeah, of course. Like, let him just be a man. He wants to be. <laughs> just let him, like, take over and make the drawers for me and carry the heavy bags for me. So, yeah, that's been a big part for sure. Um... So, yeah, I've learned that I'm a commitment phobe. I think that was a roundabout way of saying it. And after talking about this with him, we both feel like we have felt similar, like we've both been a bit commitment phobe. And we don't know why. We have both, two commitment phobes, have come together, met, and we don't feel commitment phobe together. <laughs> um, I don't know why that is. Because if I sat here and said there was like this un real spark on the first date I would be lying it there wasn't like there there wasn't when people say like you just know I don't know if you do just know it has taken like time and patience from myself to like ease into a healthy dating experience which brings me on to my second learning from my own podcast and this is riding the wave which is in episode 14 honestly some of the best advice I wish I'd heard it sooner and I recently told this to someone and they were like oh, I really wish I knew that sooner as well and that's such helpful advice and you need to talk about it more how it's helped you in your own experience and this is what's inspired me to do this episode today on my own. Riding the wave, I did this, I rode the wave with my current boyfriend in terms of the dating wave of you know, I wasn't feeling all these emotions like, oh my God, I need to see him like right now. I need to see him on Saturday. I can't wait to see him. I, I didn't experience them emotions. I wanted to see him, but it wasn't like these obvious, crazily excited obsession emotions that you can sometimes get. What I've learned is the people that you normally feel that obsessive, crazy kind of mania over are the people that aren't good for you. And that's your nervous system actually kind of trying to tell you that they're not okay for you but you're not recognizing that and you're thinking it's excitement now don't get me wrong because when I've spoken to my boyfriend about this he's like well what do you mean you're not excited by me and I'm like that is not it at all like I am excited but it's a safe excitement it's safe and secure I know that I don't need to text him all day whilst I'm at work if I forget you know I've been very busy today barely texting but he's fine he's still coming to my house tonight I just know that I've never had a moment with him yet. And don't get me wrong, it's only four months in. Um, four months since we first ever started dating. And I've never felt a moment of like, is he going to text me? Is he going to turn up? Every time he's ever left my house, I've known when I'm seeing him again. Every time he ever left a date at the beginning of the relationship, at the beginning of dating stage, I knew when I was seeing him again. And let me tell you, we had this conversation recently where... I think him pursuing me was a massive part of us being together now and me getting over the commitment phobe kind of <laughs> that I that was kind of in me, deep rooted in me, because he really did pursue. And when I say pursue, I just mean after every date, I knew where I was going to be, see, where well, I knew when I was going to see him next, where we were going to go next together, because he would tell me and he would say Saturday, you know, you're free at seven. Let's go here. It wasn't forceful, it was just let's go here. And so, one, you know, one day we were on date one, the next, you know, 
before my eyes, right before my eyes, we were on day eight. And it had kind of just happened. And I've seen people talk about this on Instagram, like it just happened. You know when people just end up living together quite quickly and it just happened? And I never really understood that. I'm like, well, surely that's a decision that you make. And actually this is the first time ever where I can see how that could just happen. Like I'm definitely going to take stuff like moving in together very slowly, but he stays in my quite a lot and I can see how someone moving in does just happen when it just feels normal, safe and healthy. He pursued me in a way that, he just always knew when he was going to see me again and he would tell me and he would look forward to seeing me. And when someone was sat there going, I can't wait to see you on Friday, um, are you still good for seven o'clock on Friday? I went along with it. I was excited too, but it it all felt very nice and easy, easy in a good way. So I kept, I, I went along with it. And over time, we've obviously built this like slow burn relationship that's turned out into something really nice. And I, trust me when I say I rode the wave. I'm used to going for such toxic people, the typical F boy looking kind of people, you know, the people that you just know are playing you. You just know that you might not see them on Saturday when they tell you that they're going to see you. And I've chased these people all the time. And I think, going back to the commitment phobe thing, I've chased them because I knew it wouldn't last with them. And obviously a toxic trait in me is that I enjoyed the chase, but I think we're all lying if we say we haven't been there. I think we've all done this. And unless you're like fully healing and over that, then you might even still find yourself doing that. And if you are finding yourself doing that, my biggest advice would be next time we go on date, I'm not saying date someone boring because that isn't it. But if you have someone really good in front of you that ticks a lot of boxes for you, you know, values align and they're a very good, you could see them being like a very good partner. Keep riding that wave and going on the dates and seeing how you feel. Because there was a lot initially where, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't my normal type. He doesn't look like the typical type I'd go for. Or, okay, well, um, you know, maybe he doesn't do this like I thought someone on my list would have. So, you know, on my list, I wanted the person to like own their own house and my boyfriend doesn't but like what why is that such a materialistic thing on the list why was that even on my list of things I was looking for that's so weird like so many of my friends are renting and it's so hard to get on the property ladder right now so I don't think my my friend like I wouldn't think anything of my friends if they're I wouldn't think anything of ever anyone if they're renting like that's so normal so why was I wanting a man that owned a house like what did I think that did for me do you know what I mean so it's like things I've just learned along the way that I've let go of that I never used to let go of like I used to be like no not dating him because he still lives at home no not dating him because he you know he doesn't have ambition in the job he has and you know I don't know I was just making excuses for absolutely everyone and I saw myself doing it at the beginning with my current boyfriend but I made myself rewire the thoughts and be like, this is materialistic. Why are you thinking this? You know, or I'm not sure I really like his hair. Right, what? So you're not going to go on a date with someone if you don't like their hair? Um, You know, I've been on dates before where they turned up in an outfit I didn't really like. Am I really not going to go on a second date with them because I don't like their outfit? Because let's face it, outfits change as soon as, like, your style can change as soon as you get with someone and we all know that guys wardrobes tend to improve (laughs) when they're with a girl anyway like my current boyfriend already has um 
I mean, he dresses really cool anyway, but we recently went to like a shopping outlet together and I, I like picked some stuff out for him and he and he loved it. He loved that. And now he's got all these new things in his wardrobe. Girls can always, you know, add their little bits of taste to someone's wardrobe. Guys like that secretly, I think, generally. But I'm just saying like, ride this wave of, not if you're unsure and not if they're actually boring, but ride this wave of the person that's making you feel safe and is consistent and actually... Not even matching the things that you think you were looking for, but the things that you actually should be looking for. Are they consistent? Are they looking after you? Have they got a healthy attachment style? You know, are they making sure that they know when they're seeing you again? All of these things are so much more important. And this is what my boyfriend did in the pursuing, like, dating stage. And for whatever... I think he was the first person that I've ever dated that has been healthy like this. And I actually started to realise that that was way more attractive to me than, you know, whether someone owns a house or not or, I don't know, any other expectations that I might have had, how big his arms might be, muscular-wise. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if this is coming across um, exactly how I mean it, but just riding that wave of, I knew I liked him and I knew I fancied him, I went up to him. But there were times, you know, on dates where I wasn't sure, don't get me wrong, on our second date... We had like this little conversation that it was a little bit conflicted. We we weren't on the same page. And about nine dates in, we spoke about our second date and we both said it wasn't a great date, was it? And after talking about it, we realised that we both, from both ends, completely misunderstood each other. But we didn't know that until nine dates in. But I said, well, why did you see me again if you thought I meant that? Because what he thought I meant by the thing that I said wasn't actually very kind if he thought I said that. And he was like, I don't know, I just knew you were nice and I saw you again. And I thought the same. I didn't like how he responded to the thing I actually said that he took wrong, obviously. Now I know he took it wrong. Uh, but I still gave him that chance. And I don't know why, but I think I was in a healthier, maturer mindset. I had an experience earlier this year where a guy I did really like, but I liked him physically. So he was my perfect type physically, you know, the typical tanned, muscular, good-looking guy. And I thought he had loads of traits I liked too, but, I mean, I think they were all a lie, really, because he wasn't a man of his word at all, you know, and he ghosted me. So he obviously wasn't consistent and all of that stuff, and he obviously didn't want a relationship and stuff if he actually wasn't sticking to his word and he could ghost me. And I think after that experience, I was so upset and so hurt I said to myself, you're not, don't let yourself get treated like that again. That was like the final straw for me. I was like, Daisy, this keeps happening. This can't keep happening. So you need to choose better. So I think in my maturer and healthier mindset, I just dated better. And this podcast has completely helped me. Like, don't get me wrong. There were, there was stuff that I could have made myself get the ick on the second date. And I just, as soon as that thought like, oh, that was a bit icky or, oh, they said that this was a bit icky. I pushed it out my mind and I was like, Daisy, we're not doing this again. Like, this is a lovely guy in front of you. You fancy him. Why are you trying to pick faults when, you know, he's turned up with your favourite bottle of wine and he's booking in our next date and he's being everything that a partner, if you're looking for one, what you should want in a partner, you know, all of the lovely, healthy traits that are going to last long term. I'm not talking, you know, like the fun, spontaneous kind because he's all of them too, but he's also you know, a really healthy, secure person that that sticks to his word and he'll stick to promises he makes. And if he says he's seeing me, he's going to see me and he's not going to let me down. And if he can't text me all day for whatever reason, I know that first thing in the morning. So he's a really great guy. And I'm so glad that I rode the wave and I can't explain it other than how my guest in 
episode 14 described Riding the Wave. And she describes it as going for Mr. Mediocre, which you've probably seen online, going for Mr. Boring. Now, upon explaining this to my partner, as you can imagine, he wasn't most chuffed. (laughs) The idea of going for someone, you know, the term mediocre doesn't sound great, does it? It sounds horrible, actually. And I was like, no, you need to understand what what she means by this. And this is from a book um, called Riding the Wave, and it is about riding the wave of emotions that you experience. And if you're trying, if you've dated toxic people or if your relationships aren't working out, if it's ghosting and ending the same and ending after three months, try riding riding the wave next time you do meet someone that is really nice and you do think has has the potential for you to be able to see yourself with long-term. And I'm not saying go for potential. You do need to know that they they are a great person and that you actually do like them. But just ride that you know, they could be a great potential partner, ride that wave a little bit better. And it is, when we say mediocre, we mean the person that doesn't give you all that buzzy, crazy mania feeling that people do, you know, if they don't reply all day. Or, you know, I've had, God, I've had so many experiences where it's Friday night and I'm going on date at seven, but it's it's six o'clock and I haven't heard from them. That 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 feeling that makes you chase... And it's mad that as humans we chase that because now I I think I like I I find I would find that behaviour now I truly believe really disgusting and vile. I mean, obviously I always hated it, but I still chased it. I don't think I'd chase that now. Um, and obviously I'm not sat here from a place of I've now met a great partner, so cool. I'm teaching you guys. That's not what I'm doing. Um, obviously anything could still happen. I don't want to be someone that's like, I've met, I don't want to be talking about my personal life with this new person loads now because obviously I know anything can happen at any moment. But I'm really proud of myself that this is the healthiest dating experience I've ever had so far. And um, he's the healthiest, securest person that I've ever dated as well. And meeting someone with like a really secure attachment style has been really refreshing and I think that's really helped me which they do say if you read the book attachments you know if you're slightly anxious or slightly avoidant and I think I've I thought I was more anxious but I think I recently learned I was like more anxious avoidant avoiding relationships and avoiding that commitment as well as anxious if I'm in the relationship as well but he's started to make me so secure and that's what a secure partner can do for you they can help make you really secure as well so There's some learnings. I think my last one that I've learned from the podcast so far is no, there's no rush to anything. Like there's no outside pressures. I've always been this kind of person anyway, but I'm around a lot of traditional people, you know, that already like, ah, so what are you doing for Christmas day? Like are you going to his house or are they coming to your house? Is he coming to your house? I've just never really been overly traditional like I I always want to see my family on Christmas day and he wants to see his too and I'm absolutely fine with that and it's just ignoring these outside pressures of someone's already said oh is he going to move in with you you know it's been four months absolutely not like it's absolutely cool if you meet someone after six months you want to move in with them but for me I'm just I just want to make sure that I do it right and I don't want to rush the stuff that you can look forward to as well. Like, I don't want to rush any of that stuff. You've got all the time in the world to live with someone. You've literally got so, like, your whole life to live with someone. So why do you need to make it as soon, like, four months in as soon as you meet them? Like, I like that we can, you know, have a few days apart and then that excitement again. And I think it's 
keep that excitement as long as possible. Oh my God, before you, you know, bring in like kids or marriage or engagement or anything like that. Even if you've already got kids with ex-partners, whatever, when you meet that new person or if you are dating that new person, keep that excitement for as long as possible. You know, they don't need to meet your children straight away. You know, if it means you can still see them out, outside of having the kids or whatever. I know there's so many logistics to this kind of stuff, but keep that excitement as long as possible. Why rush? And this is something that I'm so grateful for my partner for because I was... <laughs> Obviously, the commitment phobe in me, I was so adamant that we didn't call ourselves anything. We were dating, but we were not girlfriend and boyfriend. And I mean, I made that quite clear to the point where, you know, I probably hurt his feelings sometimes saying that because I know he wanted to be my boyfriend. And then we went to Dublin together and it did get to the point where we were meeting people out and they were like, oh, so how long have you been together? And I'd be like, well, we're actually dating. And it just got a little bit silly. And I was like, what am I doing? This is just not very kind <laughs> to him. It's not totally truthful. Like I am with this guy. We're in Dublin together. So we became girlfriend and boyfriend in Dublin. And, you know, we don't, we just, it's cute, but I'm just not someone that goes around like, I've got a boyfriend, I've got a boyfriend. Like, I just don't want to rush any of this stuff. I want to keep it nice, exciting and fresh for as long as you can. And, you know, hopefully that brings longevity with it. 25 minutes this episode-ish. So I don't want to ramble too much more than that. I just hope I've kind of helped with some of those points. I am proud of myself for dating in a healthier, maturer way. I'm so grateful that I rode the wave with all of my kind of confused feelings as I was dating him. And this isn't anything to do with him, actually. It's to do with me, like my confused feelings dating generally. Um, I went up to him, so I always knew I fancied him and he's such a great person, like... He matches my love language, you know, we both touch love language and words of affirmation. He tells me all the time, I wake up in the morning, the first thing he says is, you look so beautiful. And I'm like, you're a liar, because I don't. <laughs> but my point is, like, I rode the wave of all of these weird emotions that I was feeling and, like, what my head was telling me that I should be doing or who I should be dating or what I shouldn't be doing and what who I shouldn't be dating. And it was so confusing. And I was just, like, telling my head to stop. Like, I'm riding this wave and I'm going along and I'm seeing how this goes without like past experiences interfering, without my brain saying, no, but you wanted to take someone that did this or thought that this or, you know? So I hope this has been helpful in some way. And well, if it hasn't, I've learned all of this from the other episodes. So just go back and listen to them. Uh, but I really hope that, yeah, you're enjoying Days Dates podcast so far. I'll be doing more of these episodes on my own. So if you want me to chat about anything, just get in touch. I'm Daisy Bell. My private Instagram is Daisy Bell. I'm Daisy Bell 6 on TikTok and then Daisy Dates podcast everywhere. You can listen to the podcast on all streaming platforms and watch on YouTube and Daisy Dates podcast on Instagram. Please like, share, subscribe. It all makes a difference when it comes to like trying to get a sponsor and stuff and just the more views, the better. We can help more people too. Thank you for watching and listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.